No, seriously. Maybe even pause the podcast for a moment. Ask God right now, are you my exceeding joy? Are you my supreme value? Do I value you above all things? Not just intellectually, emotionally, deeply, personally. God is not an object. He is a person. Are you in awe of him? Are you in love with him? Is he your exceeding joy? We all go through seasons in life and through difficult situations in which we're not happy with or or things that we're pursuing that don't come to fruition as we thought that it would. The happiness that we can find in things in this life, we lose all of it. So even in the moments of happiness, they're fleeting as is life. All of us through life are pursuing some things. And one of those things is happiness. I would argue that probably everybody is pursuing happiness. And we allow how he grew up or the people that were around the job that we have. We allow the people and structures around us to define what happiness is. Or we tried to define it for ourselves. If I had more money, if I had that possession, if I had that job, if my spouse was more like this person, If my kids were like this person's kids, if I had this house, if I lived in this town, if I had this opportunity. I mean, even, I mean, even for believers here, come on. Like if, if I was at a different church, if I had this other pastor, if I had a different small group, if I had different Christian friends. If I would have known this earlier or sooner, if I, we all kind of do this, this, this pursuit of happiness and trying to figure out what that is and things that we think will make us more happy or content. Today, we're going to talk about something that isn't new. In fact, it's ages old, but maybe you've never heard it. I've heard it, but I didn't think. I really heard it before. Some of the statements that I make today, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. But I've heard it with my mind, with knowledge, with intelligence, but not with my heart. And as I listened to a sermon that was teaching these things that I'm about to share, it literally pricked my heart. It shook me at my core. So this isn't new. Um, I'm just going to plagiarize this whole episode. I might not even be halfway kidding. No, seriously, I was listening 
um, to John Piper. And what's interesting about this is like, I have not been the biggest fan of John Piper. I usually I'll, I'll listen to a little bit and been like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, and, but I happened to turn him, turn him on and listen to this sermon. And this first half of this sermon just shook me. And some of the statements I'd heard before, but I heard them differently this time. And I re-listened multiple times to the first half of this sermon. And then I started taking notes from this sermon and, and doing a Bible study on, on the passages that he went to and, and was breaking it down for myself. Um, it, it became desperately important. Part of the result of that was this two-part episodes on Thursdays with Dustin Breland called Authentic Worship. So go check those out. Authentic Worship Part 1. It's probably right here. We'll let that sit there a minute. And then also go back and watch Authentic Worship Part 2. That conversation stemmed from this personal study that I've been going through and been sharing with my friend. Um, and so I want to try and get back to that core. Today, I want to take some time to go back to this, these core scriptures, these core statements that led me to that dialogue, that conversation that we shared with you guys and talk about happiness, true happiness. So we're going to look at a lot of scripture and make several statements and these statements will build on themselves. So um, this might seem a little slow going, but that's okay. We are going somewhere and some of these statements are going to be very similar. Some might even be very much a quote from John Piper because I took these notes. I wrote down these different statements. So just so you know, I'm not trying to lie and be like, I came up with this myself. Um, this came from John Piper. And John Piper got it from Scripture. Um, Psalm 43, verse 4 says this. Then will I go unto the altar of God... Unto God, my exceeding joy. My exceeding joy. David makes this reference, and it's all through Psalms, talking about God being his joy. When he goes to worship him, when he goes to the altar, it's from this abundance, this exceeding joy that he goes to worship him. He doesn't go to him out of duty, but out of joy. Um, and I'll be very careful trying not to jump ahead of myself here. We're going to look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. Verse 8. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me. Wow. This is a really powerful statement from Jesus saying here, hey, hey, they're saying the right things with their mouth. They're doing the right things, but the heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. Saying, hey, everything looks right on the outside. Everything seems to be how it should be. But inside their heart, it's vain worship. 
And in fact, if you look at who he's talking about, these people cared much more about themselves than they did God. Statement number one. Our worship and our praise is empty if Jesus is not our exceeding joy. Our worship and our praise should be an overflow of our exceeding joy in Christ. When we talk about praising God, it means to make much of him. And if Jesus is our exceeding joy, we will make much of him. As we see, some call it the songbook of the Bible, the, the book of Psalms. And, and over and over again, out of an overflow of joy, David is emotionally describing his love for God and emotionally telling him his struggles with what's going on in life. And, but he finds his joy and, ple- and peace and contentment in Jesus. He finds his happiness there. But then you see these other people who, hey, they're doing everything like they're supposed to be doing, except their heart is far from them. And this is something you see throughout Scripture. where you you will see even Israel bringing offerings to God and God says, I don't want them. You have an unrepentant heart. You don't actually love me. Don't pretend to worship me. So there's statement number one. Statement number two. There is no authentic praise with our lips if there is no authentic, exceeding joy in God as our supreme value in our heart. Statement number three. It is devastating to realize that you can go through the motions of praise and of worship and it be worthless and vain because it is not authentic. What does this mean? This means my whole life I could go to church every time the doors are open at the building and I go and I sing praises to God on Sunday. I could read my Bible every single day. I could pray every single day. I could say the things I'm supposed to do with my lips. I could look what I'm supposed to look on the outside. I can con myself and say, well, I'm just a very dutiful religious Christian. you see this religious crowd in Matthew, very dutiful, very religious, very on point, but their heart was far from him. And this is a devastating thought to realize that I could live a life, my whole Christian life, doing what I'm supposed to do, but Jesus not be my exceeding joy. I sing the praises of God because, well, it's the right thing to do because he's God. Versus I'm singing God's praises because of who he is and what he has done in my life. I can't help but sing. In Acts with the apostles and they say, hey, you got to stop preaching. You got to stop. You got to stop teaching the doctrines of Christ and all these things. They didn't just say, it's our duty. They said, we can't help it. We have to say it. 
We're witnesses of his resurrection. We have to tell. Not we got to do it because it's our... Like, no, we can't help but to declare him to the nations because we're witnesses of his resurrection. And if we're experiencing Jesus authentically, we can't help but sing his praises. We can't help but to repent of sin. We can't help but to pursue him. We have to ask ourselves this question. Is God my supreme value and my exceeding joy? No, seriously. Maybe even pause the podcast for a moment. Ask God right now. Are you my exceeding joy? Are you my supreme value? Do I value you above all things? Not just intellectually, emotionally, deeply, personally. God is not an object. He is a person. Are you in awe of him? Are you in love with him? Is he your exceeding joy? I think we have to ask ourselves this question every day. Statement number four. It is also wonderful to realize that God is glorified when you are happy in him as your supreme value and your exceeding joy. See, it's terrifying to realize I can be doing these acts of worship and they be vain and worthless. How devastating. But this is the good news. This is the exciting part. God's not calling us to do this duty, to this mundane task, or this big heavy burden of, yep, you just just follow me, just do what's right. No, no, he wants us to do it out of him being our exceeding joy, our supreme value. We get to find our happiness, our contentedness in him, and God is most glorified in that. And this is and this is a very important part of uh, of this is you see so many times back to the main the first thing we were talking about is like we think Here's God's glory, and here's our happiness, and we're striving for this, and God's glory is going this way. And so we're called to be miserable. We're called just to ho-hum through this life and maybe have some happiness over here as long as these things are morally upright. We can have some happiness over here and, and God's glory over here. Well, realizing that true, complete, full happiness, exceeding joy is in Jesus. It's not in the money. It's not in the possessions. It's, it's not in the, the perfect family. It's not in the perfect church. It's not in the perfect brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not through all these. It's in one person. It's Jesus. That joy is Jesus. That happiness is Christ. Everything you've been pursuing since you were born will always fall short of that. But pursuing the joy that we have in Jesus is a joy that will never fade. It never wears off. That's what we're pursuing. And so we can pursue this happiness in Christ, which brings exceeding glory to God. These things are on a journey together. And so my pursuit of happiness and God's glory are on the same train. They're on the same path. 
It's not, well, I have to do this. This is my duty. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. No, he is my exceeding joy. I know he's my happiness. And in seasons of drought, when we're, when we're just, oh man, like I just, and we stray away. We're not walking in the spirit. We're not seeking after him. We're going to stray into this duty lane. And we have to get off that duty track and onto this pursuit of happiness in him our joy, our contentedness for His glory. Yes, it's terrifying to think that I could be doing all these things in vain. It's amazing to know that God wants us to glorify Him through being happy in Him. He should be our happiness. He should be our exceeding joy. God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in Him. And this is mandatory. This is not optional. You cannot glorify God without being satisfied in Him. Cannot. Statement number five, if we turn Christianity solely into a duty religion, you will be miserable and God will be dishonored. We know this. We know this as humans. We know this in our human relationships. Um, and in fact, John Piper gave, I think, a really perfect illustration of this. If it's my wedding anniversary and I go pick up some flowers and make some dinner reservations and come home and surprise my wife with flowers and tell her about dinner reservations and she looks me in the eye and says, why did you do all this? And I look right into her eyes and say, Because it's my duty. I have to do it. You're my wife. You already know that conversation is not going well. She's no longer excited about the flowers or dinner. But rewind that story. You get flowers, dinner reservations, same scenario. And she asks you, why did you do all this? You look her in the eyes and you say, because nothing makes me happier than to do these things for you. Because I love you. And I want to honor you. Do you see the difference? To serve God out of love versus serving him because, well, I'm supposed to do this. You'll be miserable. God will be dishonored. It is a command 
to be satisfied in him. Let's look at some scripture. Psalm. Psalms 37. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Psalm 32, verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice. Psalm 33, 1. Rejoice in the Lord. And then Philippians 3, 1 also has a command to rejoice in the Lord. These verses have these commands throughout Scripture to delight in Him, to rejoice in Him. To delight means to be delicate, vulnerable, happy. Um, you, could, you could put it this way. To delight in the Lord is to have authentic peace and fulfillment in Him. It's not a show. It's raw. And it's real. Rejoice means to be joyful. It is a command from scripture. It's not just some input. It's not just an idea. It's not just, um, it is a command to rejoice in the Lord. And if we are not being joyful in serving him, if we're not delighting in him, if it's not this personal, emotional, authentic, raw, real relationship with him, it is a sin. It is a sin to not enjoy worshiping Jesus. I mean, you can even look in regards to, to money. In, in 2 Corinthians, um, Paul definitely said, if you cannot give cheerfully, then don't give. He's saying, God would rather you not put money into ministry if you're not doing it from the right place in your heart. Does that mean we stay there? No. No, it means we've got to repent and pursue him. <laughs> because it's sin not to be happy in him. It's sin not to rejoice in him. It's sin not to worship him in a place of happiness and contentment and joy. And that's not different than seeking God's glory. Your happiness in him brings great joy and glory to God. Psalm 144:15 says this, Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. The concluding statement of this episode is this, Our happiness and God's glory are not at odds. When He becomes our happiness, He is glorified. Read the Bible. Live the Bible. Be authentic.